Thank you for tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and encourages your daily life. Hey, we've been in a series, we've been in a series called Commitment Issues, and in week one, we talked about our commitment to God and what it looks like to be a devoted, committed follower of Jesus. And then in week two, last week, we looked at being committed to our family, fighting for our family. How many of us know that raising a family in today's world is a literal fight? Sometimes with the kids, sometimes with the world, but it is a fight. And, uh, and so we just took a, at a few godly, we took a look at a few godly principles and uh, raising and fighting for our families. And today, I want to talk about work. I want to talk about work, being committed to work, being committed to working hard. Now, there's, there's kind of two sides. Uh, there's two, um, I'm going to just call it bad beliefs out there. Now, there's this prosperity message, this prosperity uh, gospel that I don't agree with. And what this prosperity gospel says is basically God wants everybody to be rich. God wants everybody to have an easy peasy life and everything is always going to be good and everything is always going to be perfect. And if you lose your job, then it's because God wants you to have a better job tomorrow. Now, I believe sometimes we lose our jobs because God wants us to be on time every now and then. Anybody with me? Anybody with me on that? Yeah, that's, 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 that's the way it goes. But on the opposite side, there's this poverty mentality and this poverty gospel that says God wants you all to be or wants everybody to be poor and broken and and just have absolutely nothing and I don't agree with that at all matter of fact you can take take a look at men throughout the Bible look at look at people like Job Job was no ordinary man he had money and I'm not talking about like money like what we think about I'm talking about he had money thousands upon thousands of animals on his farm and hundreds of employees working for him. You take a look at somebody like Abraham. Abraham succeeded in absolutely everything that he did, man. He was loaded. Take a look at Moses. Take a look at David. All time and time and time throughout the Bible, we see how God blessed men, how God blessed people and then helped them and used them. So I don't believe, I don't believe for a second that God wants everybody to be poor and everybody to be broken, broken. I don't believe that, you know. Um, the, the poverty mentality says that, hey, if, if you lose your job, then you're, God just wants you to learn to trust in him. Well, I'll, I'll go back to what I said earlier. Sometimes you lose your job because God wants you to be on time. God wants you to show up for your job. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a part of this prosperity gospel and, and I'm not a part of this poverty gospel. I agree so much and I, I want you guys to go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. I love this scripture. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. And this is what we're going to base our message out of today. And this is what we're going to base uh, what we believe as far as work and what we believe as far as being committed to work and what it means to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. Definitely highlight worthy. But by the grace of God, this is Paul writing, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I love that. He's saying, if it were not for God, I wouldn't be where I am today. If it were not for God, I wouldn't be blessed in the way that I am today. Can we agree with that? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. What he's saying here is the grace that God extended to me, I didn't just take advantage of of it and take it and run with it, but I did something with it. Listen to what he says. But I labored, I worked more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. I love this. Paul's saying, listen, I am here and I am blessed because of God. It is by the grace of God that I am what I am, but I worked my booty off. I worked hard. Now, it's not all me. It's the grace of God in me. And I love this because I think it, it, it just, it completely debunks this prosperity or this poverty mentality. Paul says, I am what I am because of the grace of God and because I worked hard. I didn't just sit back and take advantage of God's grace but I took it to the fullest and I lived life to the fullest and I worked my every ability, every talent that God gave me, I worked it for the glory of God. Let's pray and then we'll get into the message. God, we thank you so much this morning. We ask you, God, that you just open up our minds a little bit, open up our hearts a little bit. Maybe maybe this is a topic that doesn't get talked about very much or maybe not in this way anyways, Uh, but God, help help us to understand this. Help us to, help us to really, uh, again, open up our hearts and minds to maybe look at this a little bit differently than what we've been taught before or what we believe ourselves. And God, help us to understand your word. Help us to receive your word. But God, more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, amen. 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 So I just want to give you guys a little bit of perspective of where I come from, Okay. Where the kind of perspective that I have, the viewpoint that I have, because I understand that there is, um, you can you can do just a little bit of research on YouTube or or on internet and on the internet, and you can find all kinds of instances where there have been people who held a microphone, people of a position who who were over a nonprofit organization, whether it be a church or just uh, some other nonprofit organization who siphoned funds, who maybe talked through a microphone and tried to inspire people to give, but all they ever really did was line their own pockets with it. You guys know what I'm talking about? And the articles are huge and they show how big their houses are and, and how many airplanes and how many cars they have. And, and listen, I understand that there are people out there like that. I'm not going to deny that at all. But you're not, yeah, you've been in my house, huh? But you're not looking at one of them. For about the last three, 
almost four years, the church has actually made enough income because of your generosity, because of your giving, that if I wanted to, I could have jumped in full time. Now, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be rich, but I could live. I could, I could provide for me and for my family, but I have chosen not to for one sole purpose because I don't want to handicap the church. Because I would rather me work outside of the church and provide for my family outside of the church to open up avenues and open up ways for the church to be able to bless others. For us to be able to give to other churches, for us to be able to give to projects, for, for us to be able to be generous in every ability or in every opportunity that we possibly can. So I've chosen to keep a job. Now, is it my dream to be bivocational? No, I dream one day to be full-time ministry. Is it my dream job that I'm working at? No, but it's better than not having a job. You guys with me? And so I've chosen for the last three or four years, I have chosen. I've chosen. I don't want to handicap the church. I don't want to be the reason why the church can't give and why the church can't whatever. And plus, I don't just want to sit back on my booty and Take and take and take and take. But I want to give. I want to give. I want to give. And you know what? I, I say all of this to say that God has blessed me, I believe, because of that. I believe God has blessed me. I believe God has blessed my home. I believe God has blessed my family. We've never, we've never gone hungry. We've never not, I'm not going to say we've never, never not had food. Sometimes we just don't go to the grocery store often enough. So maybe we're like eating leftovers or eating out of cans, but it's not because we don't have the ability. God's blessed me because of that. So I want you guys to understand throughout this message, listen, I'm not, I'm not just some man up here trying to get you to give more money. I'm not some man up here saying, give me money. I'm, I don't live life that way. I just don't. And I hope that you guys would just trust me, and I hope that you guys would have an open heart and an open mind. So again, going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, I'll read it to you again. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me, or his, yeah, his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored. I worked harder than anyone else, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. There's this belief out there that, Work is a curse. You know, like, I got to get up and go to work tomorrow. I got to work all week. And, and there's this belief, and they think, go with me to Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, because this is where they get it out of. Is they think, they believe that God has cursed mankind with having to work. There's people out there that believe that before, that before the fall of man, in other words, before the original sin, that you ladies, did, no, I'm kidding, that, that Adam and Eve took of, before the first sin, they believed that there was absolutely no work. And this is where they get it out, out of. Uh, Genesis chapter three, verse 17 through 19. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it 
all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you shall return. So there is a message out there. There's a lesson, a teaching out there twisting and saying that if it weren't for sin, we wouldn't have to work. And that's not true. That's not what God is saying here. What God is saying here is now you used to work in a perfect world. Now you work in a broken world. Anybody ever had a perfect job? Anybody ever worked a perfect job around perfect people. No, we live and we work in a broken world. Go with me to Genesis chapter two, verse 15. Just turn the page back and we'll see. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. In other words, he put Adam in the garden of Eden. This is before sin. And he put him in the garden and he had him work it. He worked the garden. Work is not a curse. It is a blessing. We don't have to go to work. We get to go to work. We don't have to have a job. We get to have a job. You guys with me? Work is not a curse. God didn't curse you and say, you've got to work hard now. God actually cursed the ground, not you, not me, not us. Work is a blessing. It is not a curse. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30. Keep your Bibles handy. We're going to read a bunch of scriptures today. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30. He says, we're going to read from verse 30 down to 34. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding and there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with, net, with uh, nettles. Its stone wall broken down. When I saw it, I consider it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler. And your need like an armed man. Jump with me to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11. Just go to the back there. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11. He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. In other words, what he's saying is, is he who, who works, the one who works, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna prosper. Yeah, but those who follow quick rich schemes. You guys, you guys with me with quick rich schemes? Like if you sell this for just a couple of days, then you're going to, you guys with me? Or, or if you just invest into this market for this amount of months, you're going to get, you guys with me? If you just buy this many amount of scratch-off tickets, you're going to get, you guys still with me? Quick rich schemes don't really work. If they really worked, everybody would be rich. So to work hard, listen to me, to work hard is actually godly. Go back with me to Genesis chapter 2. To work hard, it's actually godly. Genesis chapter 2, we're going to read verses 2 and 3. 
Genesis, the very first book of your Bible. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. To work hard is actually godly, and to rest is actually holy. To work hard is godly, and to rest is actually holy. Now listen, there's no such thing in resting from your rest, though. You guys with me? Like, you don't work two hours a day and then, I, gotta, I need a nap. Yes, that, that's not actual rest. That's, that's slumber. That's being idle. That's being lazy. Nobody needs 18 hours of sleep a day. It's eight, not 18. You guys with me? So to work hard, that's actually godly. God has put that inside of us, and we reflect God whenever we're working hard and we're doing our best. And listen to me, we've got to have our rest. I I think in, in our culture and where we are in the world, I think we most oftentimes go to the extreme of working too much and too often and too hard. I think very few of us actually suffer with laziness. Suffer with late. That's kind of funny. Anyways, um, probably most of you would have the problem of finding rest, of, of actually taking time to actually rest. And if so, if you find yourself working seven days a week and, and 12 hour days or, or longer every single week from week from week from week, um, let me just tell you, God didn't design you that way. God designed you for rest. I'll never forget one of the very first trips that I ever made with, uh, with uh, Brother Juan Berrio. Some of you guys know him. Uh, we're in Mexico. We're in Chiapas. And, and uh, the pastor that we're with, his wife, comes to us, or actually to Juan. She didn't know me. And actually comes to Juan, and she says, would you please talk to my husband? He's just always going and going and going and going, and he never stops. He never rests. I'm so afraid that he's going to get sick. I'm afraid that he's just going to have a heart attack, and he's just going to die on us. Would you please talk to him? And uh, so I'll, I'll never forget this. So we're later on at, at dinner. Brother Juan just casually kind of brings it up and, and says, man, are you, are you getting enough rest, and are you taking care of yourself, or are you doing all of these things? And he says, you know what? The devil never rests, and I don't need to rest either. If I, whenever I'm resting, the devil's still working. And Brother Juan just snapped back. I don't know if it's like his Puerto Rican descent. I don't know what it was, but, but man, he just snaps back. He says, well, you know what? The devil may never rest, but God did. And I would rather be like God than the devil. The pastor kind of, what? And I was like, woo. Listen to me. Work hard. There's nothing wrong with working hard. It's godly when you work hard, but find time to rest. Okay, find time to rest. On a rainy day like what we had yesterday, find time to rest. Every now and then. I'm not, again, listen to me. I'm not saying rest five days a week, work two days. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that if you only work two, day, two hours a day that you need a rest. I'm not saying that at all. 
I'm talking for, to those of you who are just constantly going, constantly going, constantly going, constantly going. Find time to rest. Your body needs it. Your soul needs it. Your mind needs it. Your heart needs it. You guys with me? So it's godly to work hard, and it's holy to find time to rest. We work hard. I think everybody will agree with this. We work hard so that we can provide for our families. Most men won't go out and work 12, 14, 16 hours a day just for themselves. For the most part, we do it for our homes. We do it for our families. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says that, that he who doesn't provide for his own family, for his own family, he says he's worse worse than an unbeliever and has denied the faith in doing so. And then go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Great scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. That you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. We work hard so that we can provide for our families. Listen to this. We work hard so that we can provide for those who can't. Most of us don't have a problem with providing for our families, right? We all understand. We want our little children to have food. We want them to have clothing. We want them to have shoes. We want them to have a few nice things. We want to provide for our families. But we work hard not only to provide for those of our household, but we work hard to provide for those who can't provide for themselves. Key word being can't provide for themselves. You know that actually it was a commandment that God gave the Israelites that whenever it was time to harvest their fields, you know, they weren't allowed to harvest the outer edges of their fields, of their own fields. They couldn't, they couldn't harvest them. Those were left for the widows and for the orphans and for the sickly, for those who were, who had uh, disabilities, who couldn't provide for themselves. God said, you leave that on the outside for them. And then you know what else he said? He said, and then once you've cut once you don't go back through and this thing called we call gleaning where you go back through and picking up what was left what was left behind what somebody might have missed he said you don't do that you leave that once again for the orphans and for the widows we have got and and right now in this in this country i know it's such a big struggle because we're we're you know middle class is is uprising and saying we're tired of paying for other people's insert you know what i'm talking about and so there's this huge struggle there's this huge fight and and but listen to me we work hard yes to provide for our families we should work hard to provide for our families but we should also understand that we're blessed with the ability that others aren't blessed with and if god has blessed me with the ability to provide for my family then maybe God has blessed me to also provide for those who can't provide for themselves, for those who can't fend for themselves. You guys with me? And Deuteronomy, it's there in your notes, says you're always, you will always have the poor among you, so do your best to provide for them. Proverbs chapter 19 
in, in verse 17. Go with me there. I love this. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. Go to chapter 22, verse 9. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. We work hard so that we can provide for our families. We work hard so that we can provide for those who can't. And I love the fact, I love the fact that every time God talks about providing for those who can't for themselves, when he talks about generosity, when he talks about giving to others, God is always saying, listen, I'm going to bless you. So what if, this is just a thought, but what if, what if your generosity is the limit on God's blessing? You guys, you guys understand that? What if the amount that I give, what if the amount of generosity that I have and that I live my life out with, what if that is what God uses to measure the amount that he blesses me? Just what if? Just what if God says, EJ's going to bless and EJ's going to be generous and EJ's going to give, so I'm going to give more to EJ. Or EJ's going to be stingy. EJ's just going to build his own palace. EJ's just going to keep everything to himself, so I'm going to let that well dry up, that stream dry up. What if our generosity, what if God's blessings towards us is measured by our generosity towards others? Every single time, read it throughout your Bible. In Deuteronomy, go home and read it. Every single time God asks us or God commands us or God tells us to be generous and every time God tells us to give, every time God tells us to watch out for the widows, watch out for the orphans, watch out for the poor, every single time he tells us to provide for someone, he says, I'll provide for you. If you will bless others, I will bless you. You Listen, we are living in the United States of America, the greatest country, I believe, on this planet. And we are blessed just to live here. Because I don't care what you say, anybody, anybody has an opportunity to succeed. I've seen it in my own family. Man, my parents came here with $20. $20 is all my parents had whenever they came to Polk County. And they're not rich, they're not millionaires, but I would say that they made it. They made it. My parents don't own a dime to anybody. I would say they made it. This is still the land of opportunity. And because we live in the land of opportunity, I believe we should help others that don't. Because there are countries that it doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter if you wake up every single day. Some, there's some countries where you have to wake up every single day at dawn and work till dusk, and you still don't make enough to provide for your family. When minimum wage is $2 a day, come on. You can't make it on that. Would everybody agree? We live in the United States, man. We can't... We, We're blessed so that we can be a blessing. We work hard. A part of the reason we work hard is not only to provide for our families, but so that we can help those who don't have the ability, who don't have the opportunity. 
You guys with me? Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and verse 24. You guys can read it at home, but it basically says, everything that you do in all of your working and all of your doing, everything that you do, do it as unto God and not unto men. When I work hard, when you work hard, it honors God. Do you honor God with your hard work? Whenever you wake up and you show up to work on time and whenever you don't lie on your timesheet or whatever it is that you have to turn in if you have to turn in anything, whenever you work an honest day for an honest pay, whenever you work hard and you give it your all, I want you to know that all of this honors God. And here's a way that you honor God with that how many of you would so much more readily take advice from a hardworking person than a lazy person? Yeah? I think there's too many people out there who are trying to spread the gospel and not doing a dang thing. You guys with me? Like, like nobody's, I, don't, I, I just don't believe that God is gonna use the lazy person at work to spread the gospel at work, to, to share Jesus with others because nobody's listening to that person, right? That's how you honor God with your hard work. That's how it honors God because it actually gives you a voice. If you're working harder than everybody else and you're working smarter than everybody else and, and you're giving it your all and everybody understands, everybody knows that you're giving your, your all, man, you gain uh, respect. You gain credibility. People are going to listen to you. People are gonna want to even know what your opinion is. You guys with me? And so many times, man, people just sit back and say, oh, uh, 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 and just make up excuses for their laziness. Listen, God never called anybody to be lazy. When we work hard, it honors God. It gives honor to God. We work hard so that we can be a blessing to God's kingdom. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 Malachi is the very last book of the Old Testament. So if you're in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, something like that, then you need to go back to the left. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. I want to encourage you guys to highlight these scriptures. Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour, pour out for you such blessings, and there will be no room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. We work hard so that we can be a blessing to God's kingdom. And then listen, listen to what he says here again. He says, listen, if you'll work and if you'll give, then I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, 
says the Lord of hosts, and all the nations will call you blessed. We work hard. I work hard. This is a part of my life. I work hard so that I can be a blessing to God's kingdom. I purposely work hard. I intentionally work hard so that I can be a blessing to God's kingdom. That is That's a part of my lifestyle. That's who I want to be in my life. Whenever at the end of my life, I want to be able to look back and say, I gave so much more than what I took. Week after week, month after month, year after year, I gave so much more than what I ever took. That's the way I want to live my life. And listen to me. Listen to me here, church, because this is, I, 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 this is a conviction and, and, I'm just going gonna, gonna to say this. This is a personal conviction. This isn't going to be backed by the Bible. It's not in the Bible. This is a personal conviction for me that I just want to share with you. Okay? I believe that as Christians, it is our responsibility to make as much money as we possibly can. And this is why. Because I know what I'm going to do with the money that I make. And I know how much of it I'm going to give And I know where it's going to go, and I know who it's going to benefit. Maybe not all of it, but a great part of it. Versus the person who doesn't follow Jesus, the person that doesn't love God, the person that is self-centered, and all of the money is going to go to them. Does that make sense? So I see it as a personal responsibility. Listen to me, guys. I think that there's enough There's already enough wealthy people who are self-centered out there. I think the church needs a few more wealthy people, if I can say that, that are going to be generous, that are going to give to God's kingdom. Does that make sense to you guys? You guys with me? Did Did I just freak all of you guys out with that? I hope not. Because that's really the way I see my work. I really see, that's, that's, that's how I look at my days. That's the way I look at the money that, that we earn as, as a home. It's the more we have, the more we can give. And the more we do give, man. I'm so proud of the amount that we give as a family, and I'm so proud of the amount that we give as a church. I'm so proud of what we're able to do as a church with what, with what does come in here. And I believe it's our Christian responsibility to live life this way. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. Ecclesiastes is going to be right after the book of Proverbs. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 12 and verse 13 says, I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of, his, of all his labor. It is, highlight this last part, it is the gift of God. We work hard so that we can enjoy it. So we work hard so that we can provide for our family, so that we can provide for those who can't, so that we can bless and honor God, so that we can be a blessing to God's kingdom, but we also work hard so that we can enjoy it. This last year was the very first time that, that my family and I ever went to the beach. 
And I honestly always thought that the beach was overrated. Until we got there, and that first afternoon, my kids, Zion mostly, is just so excited. And I remember, man, we had been driving literally all day long. And I remember we get out there, and the waves are coming in and kind of tossing the kids around. We're a little bit scared at first. But once everything kind of settled down, and the sun starts to go down, and, and my kids are at the edge of the water, and I'm kind of sitting back in my little, uh, my little chair, my little beach chair. I remember looking over at Lorraine and saying, this is worth it. Like, like just this moment, this makes working all year long worth it. And at that moment, I wish that we could have just been all year there. We can't. We're going to have to work all year again to be able to make it there hopefully next summer again or a place like that. But it was worth it. Listen to me, church. God wants you to enjoy the blessings that he gives you. Not just financially, but everything. Your health, your family, the time that you have. The place that we live, man, Polk County is so beautiful. Once you get past a few little things, it's so beautiful. Listen, God wants you to enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with taking your family out somewhere. There's nothing wrong with taking a day off and just enjoying creation or enjoying your family. There's nothing wrong with taking a trip somewhere. There's nothing wrong with a vacation. There's absolutely nothing wrong with enjoying the blessings that God has given you. So here's where it becomes a problem though, church, is when we live for that, when that gets in the way of our giving. You guys with me? So God wants us to enjoy his blessings, but he also wants us to be a blessing for others. So work hard, guys, work hard. If you don't like your job, it's okay. Find another one. Don't quit until you find another one. But find another one. There's all kinds of jobs out there. Man, and, and, and to, we, we live in such an awesome time uh, of day, man. There's, you can, there's all kinds of work out there. You don't even have to leave your house and you can work all day long. All kind of inter- job, internet jobs out there. Inner jobs, what's that? There's all kinds of opportunities out there. So if you don't like what you're doing, and it is a grumble to wake up every single day, and you don't like what you're doing, find something else to do. Don't quit until you do, but find something else to do. But work hard, guys. Let's work hard. Let's make the best out of the time that God gives us, and let's make the best out of the resources that God gives us. Let's be a blessing to others. Let's be a blessing to God's kingdom. Let's honor God with our hard work, and let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy what God blesses us with. This is the end of the message. For more information, go to www.thurmanmodelchurch.com.